Making new things for me is fun. So I just want people to see that I am having fun <laughs> making these things. And if you want something, you can buy it. That's the voice of Deandra Howard, owner of Work Boots and Glasses. And I'm excited to talk with her right after a quick word from our sponsor. Hey everyone, what do you know about Shaper Tools? Specifically, the Shaper Origin. As a listener to this show, you can try a Shaper Origin risk-free for 30 days in your own shop. That's right, in your own shop. Just by visiting shapertools.com forward slash furniture brand to learn more. The handheld CNC router that has brought digital precision and efficiency of workflow to so many people is yours to try risk-free. Use it to tackle your joinery, your cabinetry, your hardware installations, and more with speed, precision, and the reliability your business needs. If you want to learn more or to give it a risk-free 30-day try, just visit shapertools.com forward slash furniture brand or check the link in the show notes. And now on with the episode. Hello and welcome to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson, the show that talks about the business behind the furniture business. On this episode, I sit down with DeAndra Howard, owner of the Sacramento, California furniture company, Work Boots and Glasses. One year in, without a plan, without a background in furniture, without really any tools, that's where DeAndra started her business. So after one year, where is she now? Her company is strong, she has a growing list of customers, she is making a profit, and she's enjoying the life of a furniture maker more than she could have ever imagined. Let's take a look inside her first year and hear not only about the building and business side, but also what it feels like to run your own furniture company. Follow along as we talk about pricing your worth, your first sale, the importance of happy dances, and much more. Even though it's only been a year, Deandra has a lot to share with us. So let's jump right in and hear her story in her own words. I guess I can't even say when I first started. I liked building IKEA furniture. And I know that's probably odd when people hear that, but that was fun for me because I liked the whole building aspect of it. So anytime anybody went to IKEA, they were like, hey, Deandra, you want to come over and put this, whatever it is, together? Or my mother-in-law or my mom or my sister would have something and they'd be like, can you help me put this together? And I would pretty much take over and do it. So I was like the handy man, quote unquote, in the family. That was fun for me. Also fun for me was pretty much like um, going to furniture stores or looking at model homes and seeing how they decorated. And when I would go look at a model home, I would come home and try to, you know, do something similar in my house. So that involved, of course, getting furniture. I would go to these furniture stores. I would touch their product. I would shake it. I would lift it. I would, you know, try to see how sturdy it is. And when I would look at the price, I'd be like, I'm not paying that much for whatever piece of furniture it was. And I was like, I would say to myself, I bet I could make that. But that thought literally came and went. It was like, as soon as I put it out in the air, it was gone. <laughs> the wind took it and did whatever it was going to do with it. But I did that for a while and time went on. And I remember, of course, over the pandemic, it was like I was watching a highlight of our nest on Powell's. She built this arch and I saw her put, built this arch and I was like, hey, do you have plans for that? And she was like, no, I just built it on my own. I was like, wait a minute. You can do that? <laughs> like, you don't have to follow anything. You can legit just do it yourself. Like, you know what I mean? What it says, but she had no plan. She saw something she liked and she pretty much just put her thought process to what she thought um, it should look like and went to work. And that inspired me so much that I watched all of her highlight videos of her making that and was like, I'm getting ready to try that too. So the next morning I got up, I went to Home Depot, bought a miter saw and some wood, and I came home and made a sofa table. I wasn't experienced <laughs> as she was, or even more adventurous as she was to make the arch, but I've made a sofa table and I was like, okay, that was fun. 
it was a little janky, of course, because it was my first time. And I used Home Depot lumber, which was not the straightest boards because I had no idea what that. And some of them were cracked and, you know, crooked and stuff like that. So a lot of the stuff wasn't necessarily lining up the way I thought it should. But I also didn't realize I didn't need to cut everything first um, when it came to putting the finishes on. So I cut them all too small <laughs> when I first made them. Um, anyway, that was just, I had so much fun doing it that after that, I, well, I posted on my um, stories at the time, well, Instagram stories, um, and somebody on Facebook, because, you know, they link, saw me. I said, guess what I'm getting ready to make? So a friend of mine who I met, uh, knew in elementary school said, hey, are you getting ready to make garden beds? I'll take two. And I was like, wait, hold on. I have not made anything. You know, like I have not used my, I have not taken anything out of the box. <laughs> like I have not made my first cut. And she legit was like, well, send me your PayPal and I'll pay you for two garden beds. And I was like, I have not made anything to show you that I can do this. <laughs> I was like, let me do this first. See if I can, you know, actually follow through with what I'm getting ready to do and let you know if I can, you know what I mean? Make you some garden beds. So I went through the whole sofa table, showed my process with it. And I told her, I was like, okay, if you still want me to make it, I'll make it for you. But just know, you know what I mean? It's not going to be anything fancy because like, I'm just starting doing this. And she's like, no, it's fine. I want just something super simple. And I went and just made her, you know, two garden beds and she paid me for them. After that, she posted that she got them from me. And one of the soccer moms that my daughter plays with was like, hey, can you make me two also? And I was like, okay. So again, I made her two more. And then in between making her those garden beds, I made me a workbench. And then I made a round coffee table. I made a storage cabinet. I made a club chair. And in between me making all of that, Oh, and a console table. Um, and in between me making all of that, um, people would reach out to me and ask me how much it cost for whatever I was making. And either I would sell it or they would ask me to make them something else. And that was legit how my quote unquote business started was because <laughs> I wasn't doing this as a business. It fell into my lap. It was pretty much, I wanted to learn how to make furniture for my house. That was my sole reason of getting started to do this was because I wanted to make cool pieces for my home. And I have not made anything for my house yet. I have legit just been building <laughs> furniture for others who have seen me make something and have asked me to make something else for them since then. I've made something pretty much every day that I started. On the weekends, my daughter is in sports, of course, I can't do much. But if I'm not doing anything, I will be in my garage just making whatever I want to make. It wasn't something that you planned on doing necessarily. Right. You exactly. Did, you didn't you didn't put a business plan together. There we and go. You didn't, there it was. And you didn't say, I'm going to have a furniture company now and start working towards it. But if you look back, you were putting the pieces in place maybe even subconsciously. You yeah, know, true, you, true. You were joking about being excited about putting together IKEA furniture, mm -hmm. but people have a lot of different opinions about IKEA furniture. But right. <laughs> when, when you look when you look at it and you really get down to the to the design, it's all efficiently designed furniture. And putting that together gives you a crash course in how furniture could go together. Maybe it's not the fanciest joinery and it's not the most True. exotic wood techniques, but it all goes together and it stays together in a very large mass market way. So that is in some ways a furniture school in itself, just learning how- I guess, yeah, I guess you could look at it that way, like, yeah. <laughs> exactly. And then going and seeing other pieces of furniture and you said you would you would look at it and you would touch it and you would feel it and look to see how it went together, not thinking that you were going to build it yourself, but just interested in the way it goes together. And that's the way furniture makers look at things and look at other pieces and learn how to do it on their own. So even though it wasn't a plan, you were laying the groundwork. That is true, especially when you look at it that way. Yes, <laughs> you are correct. <laughs> you are a little over one year into your business. And so it is 
it is fresh. It's still in that beginning stage. But getting past a year of having a furniture company is something that is commendable. It's not something that everybody can do. And I know that people say down the road is when you really have, quote unquote, a furniture company. But I view one year in as an incredible milestone because that is the time when you're finding your feet, when you're learning on the job like you're doing how to not only build the furniture, but run the business. It's all new at that point. I want to talk with you about the power of your first sale. And that was those two garden benches. Mm -hmm. Because that is when it becomes a reality. That's when (laughs) your ideas of maybe I could do this for a living actually get a foothold because people are giving you money for things things you're building and it it becomes a reality. So could you talk about that first experience and how that's a mental switch that's flipped in your mind from maybe this is something I can do to this is something that I'm actually doing. I'm in, I'm into it. I'm in, I'm doing it. Yeah. So for me, I thought she was playing. Like (laughs) I still think that sometimes when people reach out and they're asking me to make something up, my first question is for real, (laughs) you know? And it's crazy. My uncle was like, why would you ask me that? If I just asked you a question, I was like, I don't know, because I almost feel like people are playing with me when they ask me to make them something. But at the same time, I need to get out of my own head when it comes to stuff like that, because they're really trying to get me to make them something. So when she was serious about it and told me that she was, you know, she really wanted it, I was like, okay, I can make that. And then I make her two garden beds and call it a day. But she came to me on her own wanting something from me without me even like telling her I can do this for you. Her being my first client, of course, is just super like sentimental for me, trusted me enough to actually pay me for a service. So that in itself was just, you know, like that gave me all the warm and fuzzies, <laughs> if you will, for that. Um, also, the other person who saw it after that, who wanted it, that was still another person that I was like, wow, they, she's, they really want me to make them something. So for me, that was just, um, it felt really good to know that they trusted me enough to pay me for something that they wanted. But like, even then, I still wasn't advertising like, I can make you this. This was just kind of like, oh, I made her something too. And she posted about it and shared, you know, that was pretty much just what I was doing, but it didn't click for me as far as like a business until I made the console table. You know what I mean? Because the garden beds were literally just um, some two by fours that I put together and just handed it off. I didn't stain, sand, anything. That was just raw wood. But when I actually put time and effort into the piece and like it became my favorite piece that I made because it was a real piece of furniture and it looked so good that when I posted about it I got a lot of people asking me how much that I was like wait oh they 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 like this (laughs) you know what I mean I was like this was something that I was again just playing around with just to see if I could make it and I did and it came out good and now people are like, how much does that cost? And that was for me was when it clicked. And I was like, huh, okay. And I was just, you know, not thinking anything of it, but just going to throw a lump, uh, like a price out there. And my sister was like, no, (laughs) she's like, you need to charge more for that. And I was like, no, that's too much. I'm not, I don't know how to do this for real. Um, Just dismissing myself when it came to that. And my sister was like, no, she was like, I would spend I can't even remember what it was. She was like, I would spend this much on it. And I was like, no, nobody's going to spend that much for this. You know, I'm new. And she was just like, no, tell whoever asking for it, the price that I'm saying and see what they say. And I did. And I just kind of put, you know, put my phone away, hoping that it wasn't, she wasn't going to freak out. And she was like, and she liked it. And I was like, oh, that wasn't too much, <laughs> you know? And even then it was still not even a high number. She was just like, that's, she was like, yes, like that was, that's good. And I was like, okay, so if, if, they, if she's willing to pay that, maybe I could do something that would cost a good amount, but I was still having a hard time trying to charge people for my time, you know, what I thought it should be, because I didn't think it was, I didn't think people were going to spend the money with me. So that was, 
me getting out of my own head when it came to actually charging for what I made when I put the time and effort into staining and adding hardware and, you know, making a piece look like an actual piece of furniture versus just putting something in a backyard that they're gonna, you know, do whatever with. So seeing a finished product um, was like mind changing for me when I was like, that looks good. And I'm getting a lot of requests on what this piece would cost if I were to sell it. We'll get into pricing and self-worth and all all that exciting stuff that comes with having your own furniture company in a little bit. But I want to touch on, you said when people reach out and they ask you for furniture, you keep thinking they're joking. That's your, Mm -hmm. that's your first thought. That might be something that you have in your mind, but looking at your website where people are going, you are very forward with the idea of people buying furniture from you. And I say that in a friendly way Mm because you are a friendly person and you're website shows that it's warm and inviting it's not a hard sell it's a warm and inviting sell but oh okay <laughs> if you if you look through your entire website there is no missing the fact that you want people to reach out to you you are accessible you want to make it as easy as possible for people to know that you are building furniture is yes. that something that you actively thought to put out there or is that just your personality shining through yeah that's legit what it is because even when I think of marketing I'm like I don't know how to market (laughs) that's like the first thing I say Uh, well you know if somebody were to ask me how are you marketing I'm like um I post pictures of what I do and (laughs) you know share what how I'm working and stuff like that but I'm not out there, you know, when I think of marketing, I'm thinking of like ads and website uh, clicks and, you know, all the, you know, how people send those emails about how to get your first six figures. (laughs) You know what I mean? When I think of marketing like that in the whole email list, all of that stuff goes into my head. I'm like, I'm not doing any of that. Like if somebody reaches out to me, it's because they saw me from somebody or you know or a post that I did and or their friend told them hey I saw this girl make this maybe you can reach out type thing it was never a thing for me where I was out there just marketing myself in a way that was like this is my business I need to make sure people know what I'm doing how I'm doing it when I'm doing it getting their email address getting their phone number making them sign up for whatever that's not my thought process my thought process is oh look what I'm doing see <laughs> isn't it pretty? (laughs) Or this is what I'm about to do. This is what I'm going to do. And then I'll show you my behind the scenes. And if I'm doing my behind the scenes and I mess up, I'm like, dang, okay. So I did this and this didn't come out right. So I'm gonna try it again and hope it looks better. And, or, you know, this is what I made. And I think this looks great. What do you think type thing? And then I'll just make a reel of what I've done, or I'll take a picture of what I've done and just post it because I get excited when I make new things. And making new things for me is fun. So I just want people to see that I'm having fun (laughs) making these things. And if you want something, you can buy it or you can ask me to make something else if it's not, you know, the color you want or the size you want or whatever it is that you want, I can make it. So that's, like I said, marketing for me is like second, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? It's like, I'm putting me first as as far as what I'm doing um, in people's faces. And then if they come to me for something other than what I've made, that's great. If they want something that I've made, you know, that's cool too. Well, that's the beauty of having your own company Mm -hmm. and doing it the way you want to do it because what you're doing is marketing. It's word of mouth. It's Mm -hmm. one of the most used ways that people get their name out there. And especially as somebody who didn't plan on doing this, and like you said, fell into it and started doing it and realized while you were doing it that, oh, now I have a furniture company. Word of mouth is the way you started and it's Mm -hmm. what's working for you. And it's the way you feel comfortable scaling. You Mm -hmm. feel comfortable 
scaling at a slower pace because you're learning on the job. It's something that each project is new for you and each project is another feather in your cap, is another part of your portfolio. And even more than that, is another way that you're learning on the job how to build things. So for the next one, you'll know how to build it. In your case, you're marketing just like you want to and need to be to feel comfortable with your growth. I agree. <laughs> Let's talk about pricing because pricing is one of the, if not the biggest issue that mm -hmm. furniture makers have, especially in their first year, because you're figuring out where you are in the market. You're figuring out what clients will relate to, to purchase your pieces. When you were going into those stores and looking at the pieces and saying, this furniture is so expensive, I would never buy that. And thinking, oh, I'll make it yourself. Now that you're making it and you know all the work that goes into it and you know what it takes to not only build the furniture, but also build the brand behind it. What's your take on those prices that you're looking back on and saying, oh, there's, there's a lot more that goes into furniture making than I had originally thought. So that's, that still plays a, a part in like my thought process, looking at the furniture too, but knowing what certain products are made of and what they're charging versus, you know what I mean? More expensive pieces and what it's made of is still something that was kind of like, I still say that <laughs> when it comes to certain things, you know what I mean? If I'm going into a store and like I said, I could shake it with one hand. I know that that is not made with something that is substantial or something of good quality because I shouldn't be able to shake this if this was made out of real wood. So knowing that certain things they're charging because it's mass produced and they can get away with it because of how it looks like wood or it has this certain texture or this certain knobs and things like that. It's still in my head as far as quality, um, but also when I'm looking at other pieces and I see it and it's like, oh, that makes sense why that costs what it is versus why they're charging this much for this piece. So that has changed like my perspective as far as you know, noticing quality pieces versus not quality pieces. And, you know, what we were spending our money on before versus what we are spending our money on now. That has changed when it, you know, me looking at something and saying, oh, I know what goes into it now, it's different. But even for something that is not made well, I still know, like you said, somebody put their time and effort into this and it was probably trying to make it more affordable for people to, you know, to have something. So yeah, it's, that is, that has changed thought process wise, if that makes sense. It does make sense. Yeah. It's, it's the conundrum that furniture makers find themselves in because mm -hmm. they know that they can take raw materials and they can turn that into with their own hands, mm -hmm. a, a piece of furniture. Yep. And that is a great feeling, but it also works against you when you're pricing things out on the business side, because you think I can do this. Everybody else can do this. <laughs> I need to price low enough because nobody will buy it if I price it too high, because they'll be just like me going into those stores saying, mm -hmm. this is too expensive. Mm -hmm. I'll just build it myself, but not everybody can do that. And I think that again, you're a year in, so it's still fresh, but I'm sure you're probably seeing that where building furniture isn't something everybody can do. It's a skill that only some people have. Yeah. It, I, I agree with you there. I totally agree with you there. So for pricing, and again, you're still working things out. Your business is not cemented. You're not so set in your ways that you think this is the only way to do it. But you are a year into this business and you've had projects come and go and you sold them and you've had clients come and go and you've talked to them. So for pricing, how has your mindset 
And also your formula for pricing changed from the beginning to now. <laughs> so before I knew how to price, I was literally just charging for supplies. I spent on supplies. I was just double it and charge them. And I remember going to a retreat, Jenna with the Flip Hub, she had a retreat that she did um, called The Build. And I went to, to her retreat and I was like, I need help with pricing. I know I'm doing something wrong. I don't even know how I'm supposed to do this or, you know, is there a formula? Is there something? And I was like, and if that's the only thing I get out of this retreat, then yes, that was worth it. And she legit sat down with me and told me how to price. And I've taken that formula and used that since she told me about it. Then my sister <laughs> talked to me yesterday and was like, what are you charging? And I was telling her and she was like, um, <laughs> she's like, I think you're charging, you're not charging enough still. And I was like, dang, really? <laughs> and, I, and I thought that that, what I was charging now was even still for me in my mind, like I said, high, but at the same time, like I have to remember that just because I wouldn't necessarily spend a certain amount on certain things doesn't mean other people aren't going to spend an amount on, you know, on other things. And when it comes to making custom furniture with people who want a specific type of wood that's, you know, can be an expensive type of wood, it's like, oh, hold on now, you, have, you know, and I almost say like, okay, you know, <laughs> this, this is going to get expensive when you're requesting walnut and white oak and, you know what I mean? It's stuff like that. And they're like, yeah, you know, that's fine. I, I, I want it to look good. I want it to be sturdy. I'm like, oh, okay, well then let's do that. But then you have other people when you tell them, or even if I ask the question about what type of wood they're looking for, they don't know. But then when I come back and tell them, okay, this is what this costs. And they're like, oh, wow. And I was like, yeah, like lumber prices aren't cheap. And this is a custom piece at that. And then you have to remember that it takes time <laughs> to make this, you know, like I can't just charge you for supplies anymore because supplies are expensive also. So that has been what I've taken into consideration as far as knowing what the different types of wood costs, knowing that if somebody is not trying to spend, you know, a lot working with the wood that's in their budget, but also remembering that if people want to spend more money, I am not going to try to downplay them spending more money based off of what they want. So that was, again, something that I needed to work on within myself too, because when I see a high number, my thought process is like, ooh, is she gonna pay that? Is she gonna wanna spend that much money? You know what I mean? Because this is now starting to get expensive and I'm over here trying to recalculate stuff so that I can still make money, but you know, not make it to where they know on the price. And I'm like, I can't keep doing that to myself because I will mess up you know, my own profit in this. And then it won't be a business. It will legit just be a hobby, you know? So I have to make sure that when I tell people my price, like I have to look at it, like this is what it is and just be done with it. It's either you want it or you don't. Or if you try to come back with something different, it's like, am I willing to work with you when it comes to that based off of our conversation? Or is, are you just trying to shortchange me? You know what I mean? So that's one of the things where I have to remember too, that I get people who are so invested in the process that when it comes down to the price and they're like, Ooh, I was only looking to spend whatever amount. And I'm like, but did you just look at what you just sent me? <laughs> just, you know, like that you wanted me to make when I get that, it's almost kind of like, do I want to work with you or am I just okay with letting you go? I, I me, I, I try to work with those that I can. And I know that everybody's not going to be able to pay for certain things, but you know, at least that they're getting in touch and then maybe down the line when they feel the need that they can have a, a splurge or spend more money, you know, that they'll come back and think of me because I left a good impression instead of just being like, oh, she was rude and I don't want to talk to her even when I, you know, even if I could type thing. So the difference between a hobby and a business is exactly what you said. It's being able to charge mm -hmm. what the pieces are worth and being able to understand Mm -hmm. what the pieces are worth. And that comes with having a good pricing model and then sticking with that. And yes, right. there is times when you can change. Not everything's set in stone and you understand that different clients have different things, but drawing that line in the sand where this is my pricing 
and this is what I'm worth, and this is what my pieces are worth, is a major step forward in having a successful business. Mm, totally agree. Totally agree. And that's how I even have to rem remind myself when it comes to stuff like that. You know, it's like, this is what the price is, DeAndre, let it go. <laughs> Just put it out there. Either they say yes or no. And if they say no, they're not for you and you move on to the next person who is, you know? So I have to even, you know, talk myself out of trying to lowball myself. <laughs> so that idea of saying no to projects, if the client comes back with a number that doesn't work for you, or you feel that it's not a good project for you is an incredibly important part of running a furniture business. And it's so good to hear that you already have that one year in because it takes people a long time to get to that point. Is there something that you do mentally to get yourself set for that rejection, that chance that you put the number out there and they say no, and then you lose that job? Because it's a hard thing to leave money on the table and let yeah. a job go that you know you can build, but it's just not right for you yeah, or your no. business. Right. I, I'm, I'm dealing with that right now. So these fluted tables that I was making, when I first made them, I had no idea that the half rounds were going to be so expensive that I was literally undercharging for the table just because I would go every so often to pick them up just to finish one that I didn't account for the whole amount that I spent on just the half rounds. And I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> like, these things are not as cheap as I thought they were going to be. And I'm only charging like legit for supplies. So when I realized I was undercharging for them and I still need to change the pricing because I get so many requests for them that it's now like, I need to let y'all know up front right now that the price of just the base is now half of what I'm charging you. Like I can't continue to, you know, support that anymore because I am now losing money on something that is a hot commodity amongst the people who have seen me make them. So I am now raising my prices when it comes to that. And I just told somebody, so like I was charging $750 for the table. And the person who wanted something uh, was like, hey, you know, I want maple and I want it to look like this and I need it to be this big. And I was like, okay, cool. Priced them out and I told him what it would be. And he was like, whoa. <laughs> he was like, well, what's the 750? I was like, that's not what you asked for. <laughs> you know what I mean? The 750 was what you saw pictured. And even then I didn't price it right. But now I need to raise my prices. I was like, I was like, supplies have gone up that I can no longer charge this price that I had it at before. But if you want it, um, with a different wood, I could do that. But if you want maple, that's not going to be the same price that you see quoted on this ad because I can no longer make that for that price given what, I've, what I'm spending just to make it. So yeah, right now I'm trying to figure out, like, well, then let's see if we can, I know you want this. You've been talking to me about this table, sent me pictures of his house, told me what kind of chairs he wanted. You know what I mean? I know they're um, invested in trying to get this table and I would love to make it for them, but I need them to come up in price. And I'm hoping that, you know, we can work something out to where we're both happy, but also know for me that I can't just take uh, an amount of money and run with it just because somebody wants to make it. If I'm just like, if I'm not making any money off of it, you know, like, like now that my mindset has changed, I now have to think differently because if I want to stay doing this, <laughs> I need to charge to do it. I have been getting more people who understand that, you know, um, stuff takes time. And even I'll ask up front, like, what's your budget? And some people will say, I don't know what any of this costs. I'm just looking for pricing. And, you know, that's fine. And I get that. And then if I come to them with a the price and they're like, ooh, you know, let me think about that or I'll let you know soon. It's like they either need to figure out if that's worth it or, you know, move on. So I, I give people their space and, you know, don't harass them. But, you know, I'll check in and say, hey, you know, just wanted to find out if you wanted to move forward or not. And, you know, no hard feelings if you do, but, you know, just let me know either way, because if I'm holding space for you thinking you're going to come back 
I've now pushed other people's projects aside, waiting to see if you're going to move forward. It's such a learning curve. And mm -hmm. I, I hear this, I hear the same thing in almost every person I talk to who's one year into their furniture business. And it's, it's this, you're talking about it, but you're reflecting on it at mm -hmm. the same time. And you're even learning new things as you're talking about it mm -hmm. and realizing new things about your business as you're reflecting on it. And I can't help but think that it, it's an exciting place to be. It's a scary place to be. Don't get me mm -hmm. wrong. Putting furniture out there that is not time tested and putting yourself out there when your brand is not time tested is is scary. Not only are you the salesperson, not only are you running the business side, but you're also building it with your hands and you can mess up on the business side and you can also mess up on the actual building side and mm -hmm. doing all that stuff together. At the same time, you're learning how to deal with clients and learning how to price and learning how to do all that, you know, getting into shipping, getting into all of that part is scary, but it's also exciting. And I just, I just hear it in your voice, how <laughs> you're enjoying it, but also wary of it at the same time. Yeah. And, <laughs> and just know that that feeling you're not alone. That's how being a year into a furniture business feels like. Yeah, you're you're totally right. That's, you're right. That's I feel like going through those emotions all day, every day. You know what I mean? It's like, did I check in with the people who asked me for something? Did I email them? Did they respond back? You know. So yeah, no, it's it's one of those. Uh, like you said, I've into so many hats that I wear regarding all of the stuff that goes into it. That it's like, ooh, did I did I do this? You know, that whole when you get ready to go to sleep and all these thoughts <laughs> come into your head. I'm like, ooh, did I? Did I do what I needed to do today? Did I reach out? Did I talk to? So yeah, no, I totally understand. I remember when I hit the, so April 4th was my year and I was so shocked because I told myself, like when I first started, I was like, I hope I can be doing this in a year. You know what I mean? To be able to celebrate that milestone. And I remember getting the notification that was like the video that I made when I first did it. And I was like, oh, I had a year. And I wanted to do like a whole celebration and a happy dance and all that. But, you know, I just shared it on social media. Um, and I was just so proud because I didn't think that I would be here now, you know, back then looking into it, it was kind of one of those things where it was just like, I hope this is not something that I necessarily give up on or find myself tired of doing. I want to continue to enjoy doing this, you know what I mean, years to come. So when I hit my year, I was so excited that it was like I wanted to celebrate it in a way that I could, but all I could just just kind of acknowledge that I've been here a year. And then I did a post of like my very first project versus the stuff that I'm making now. And to see that progress, even for me, was kind of just like, wow, I'm, I'm doing so much better <laughs> than I did before. And it was for me, even it's eye opening, you know, how that much time has passed. And every time I do something, I feel like I have to just be getting better because I'm doing it so often now that I've, you know, learned different techniques and that I've learned new things and, you know, or I've watched somebody do something and I want to try it out. So that for me is just a blessing. It makes me feel really good to see that I've actually made it this far, that people are still wanting something, you know, from me, that they're still asking me to make something. To hear that is like, that, that makes me feel really good to know that they trust me to come to me to make them something for their house, for their friend, for, you know, whatever it is, but it's, it's a cool feeling. I'm, I'm celebrating that I've made it this far and I'm blessed to have made it this far and still be enjoying it, still be having a good time with it and still making money. So I'm, I'm, I'm grateful. Celebrating your accomplishments seems like, like something that everybody should do. Mm-hmm. But people don't do that. People don't celebrate themselves, especially in a business like furniture making, where 
you're putting so much effort into making things that you get a very narrow view. And sometimes you're just looking at the piece in front of you and you don't take that time to step back and take that breath of fresh air and look at how far you've come, whether it's looking at yourself a year from where you started or looking at yourself at the end of the week and saying, this is how far I've come and giving your self credit because we can all be our harshest critics. We can, (laughs) we can look at the pieces of furniture that we're building and only see the bad parts Mm -hmm. and only see where we're going wrong. And that's great to push your craft to the next level, but you also have to look at it and acknowledge that it's not perfect. But I also need to acknowledge that it's getting there and it's good. And that's the way you keep yourself fresh, keeping your mind fresh. And that's the way you keep going. Because if you're always so hard on yourself, if you're always putting yourself down and saying, I could have done this and I should have done this better, even if clients are happy, even if you're selling things, even if you're getting recognition as a furniture maker, if you keep putting yourself down, and I'm not saying that if you're making bad furniture, you shouldn't put <laughs> yourself down, but if you're you're successful with clients, if people are buying things, if you're pushing your business forward, but you keep putting yourself down, then you're just going to burn out. You're going to burn out and not be able to sustain the way you're working. Yeah, I agree with you there. We have to celebrate just the small stuff too. You know what I mean? Even if like for me now, it's like, I want to do happy dances every time I'm done. So I told myself that I'm going to start incorporating that. I like to dance. So for me, if I'm in the middle of a project and I'm liking how something's going, <laughs> I'm a dance, you know, I turn my music on, I get my little jam going and I start to feel it. <laughs> so whatever I'm doing at the moment, if, if I'm liking how it's coming out, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I want to get in the habit of just being just celebrating the small wins for just me, just because that keeps me motivated. I agree. Celebrate. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with that. <laughs> right? <laughs> the way you talk about your company, you still say it's fresh. You still say it's new. You're still wide-eyed when people are coming to you. But there's also parts of your company that are well ahead of the curve when it comes to a new furniture company, your Mm -hmm. pricing model and having that set, the way you think about clients and your ability to say no and to turn down jobs, and also your policies on building furniture and furniture returns. That's something that people usually have to get burned by clients a lot of times to put into place, but you have that right on your website in very clear terms. This is my contract. This is (laughs) what, if you buy a piece of furniture from me, these are the rules. How did you get that set up? And why was that something that stuck out in your mind that you need to have these things in place from the very start of your company? I knew I was not going to be able to please everybody, especially for those who would want something, had their own vision in their mind about how it should look. And then when I showed them, you know, like, and I, I did this in the beginning for people that were close to me that I expected a different outcome from, and then was like, oh, no we can't be doing this. So I showed a piece that I was almost finished with, but that I was not liking how it came out. But that's the picture she sent me that I was like, I don't even want to post that I made this because I don't like it. (laughs) And when I didn't like it, and I was like, this is what she asked for. I still could not come to terms with leaving it that way. So I sent her a picture and I was like, hey, this is how it's looking with the measurements that you gave me. I just wanted to confirm like, this is what you were looking for, right? And then that opened a can of worms that I had, I should have known better. But when I asked her about the picture, she was like, what picture did I send you? And I was like, what do you mean? You know, like go back through and look at the picture. 
And she was like, oh no, I wanted these legs. I was like, I would have had no way of knowing you wanted those legs had you not sent me the picture of what you wanted. And then she starts sending me multiple pictures of legs and then started telling me how she wanted the legs posted, then telling me where to get the legs. And I was like, okay, hold up. <laughs> I was like, if you want me to make this for you, that's what I'm gonna do. But if you wanna buy your own legs and I just do the tabletop for you, have at it. And then she was like, yeah, those legs aren't gonna work. Maybe try smaller legs. I said, I'm going to use the wood that I've already purchased for this, for that. I'm not buying new legs unless you're going to do that. And that just opened up a whole, giving her a sneak peek of what I was doing was like, it started to frustrate me because she would send me a picture of what she wanted. She would ask me about paint colors. She would ask me how it was coming. She would say, "Is you did it work out? And that was just like snowballing where I was getting so frustrated that I didn't want to do anything else for her because I was so frustrated with how she kept trying to tell me how to do something versus just allowing me to do it and then send it off. So I was like, I need to make sure that people know <laughs> that once something is built, it is done. And if you wanna make changes, we have to talk about that after the fact, because if I am committing to doing something for you upfront, and this is what we have agreed on and you have paid for, and you, if it wasn't what you expected it to be, that is totally different than from me making something wrong, having you tell me, oh no, I asked for this and you did this instead. Like I will take full res responsibility for what I've done if I messed up. But if I didn't do anything wrong and you just don't like the outcome, I can't help you there because this is what you asked for. This is what I made. And if this is not what you expected it to be, then we have a problem here and that you need to either figure out if you won't take what I've made <laughs> or you're going to pay for something totally different. So that whole situation was what made me say, okay, look, I'm not able to return not one thing that I've done <laughs> here to any store because I have now cut up wood, I have now painted wood, I have now um, altered whatever I've purchased. And of course, they're not going to take a refund on that. But people also need to know that once stuff has been made, that there is no refund on stuff that I can't get my return on also. And the best way <laughs> to make that clear is in a contract is in yes. actual legal <laughs> legal jargon <laughs> legal, legal jargon so that yeah. is exactly what needs to be done and that is what you did and that's something that is important to have in place from the very start mm -hmm. i am not a corporation to where you can just return stuff you know what i mean like i don't do i'm not amazon i can't i can't i can't do that for you and if you don't like it i'm sorry i can't if you if you want to figure out a way for us to make it better we can but not it's not going to be in a refund it's easier for people who have been in this business for a long time to look back and reflect on the road that they've traveled and the good and the bad parts and pick and choose pieces that they could share with people who are trying to run their own furniture company, but it's a lot harder for somebody who's in the thick of it, like you, who's still striving to find their company's place in the industry. But you do have a very good sense of yourself and where you stand and what has happened in your furniture company and where you want to take it. So for people who were you one year ago, thinking, Maybe I could have a furniture company, but I don't really know what to do. What advice could you give to those people from your experience so far to help them make that jump into owning their own furniture company? So when I first thought about doing this, I, it, because it was a thought, I knew I wanted to do it. So I just had to start. Like I thought about it so much that it made me like, antsy not doing it, if that, if that makes sense. It was one of those things where it was like, I'm never going to do it unless I do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I needed to start and I had to start somewhere because that's what was holding me back. My own mindset of this is a new tool. This is scary. What if I hurt myself? What if I get it and I don't like it? So all of that played into actually me starting, but I knew I needed to do it. So I had to literally just jump just get into it, start it. Even if I started with 
a drill or if I started with a saw or, you know what I mean? Just something that was going to allow me to use my hands to make it almost like, you know, instead of dipping your toe into the shallow part to fill up the waters too cold or whatever, just jump in the deep end and submerge yourself into it. Because at least if you don't like it, you'll know that right off the bat and you won't have invested so much time and effort into it where you're like, I really don't like doing this, but I put all this time and effort into getting it each and every tool or spend all this money on all these tools. It's like, you have to start. Start with one thing, get you something that you want to do and just start doing it. Cause that's the way you're gonna find out if you like it or not anyway. So I had to just start. I couldn't keep thinking about wanting to do it. I had to do it. Well, so. you started. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, you started and you jumped right in and mm-hmm. with both feet, you did not dip your toe in at all. You. <laughs> You jumped in the deep end of the pool and it's been over a year and you're still doing it and still growing. And I applaud your effort and I applaud the success that you've had. And I want to thank you for sharing your journey so far. And I wish you nothing but success moving forward. I appreciate that. Thank you. I enjoy it. <laughs> it's, I, I can't believe it turned into this for me. So I'm, I'm super blessed and excited. I'm just hoping to go up from here. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson. If you liked what you heard, you can subscribe to this podcast anywhere you like to listen. To learn more about the show, you can visit buildingafurniturebrand.com. And feel free to reach out anytime to say hey ask a question, or suggest a guest for future episodes. Our email is hello at buildingafurniturebrand.com. You can follow along with me on Instagram at thebuildwithethan, and I can't wait to bring you the next episode. This show is produced and edited by me, Ethan Abramson. Hope you enjoyed, and thanks so much for listening. The Building a Furniture Brand with Ethan Abramson podcast is proudly part of the Woodpreneur Network the media network and community for wood entrepreneurs. Check out woodpreneurlife.com for more information.